Involve. Solve. Evolve. Welcome to Cloud Crunch, the podcast for any large enterprise planning on moving to or is in the midst of moving to the cloud. Hosted by the cloud computing experts from Second Watch. Michael Elliott, Executive Director of Marketing. And Fred Bliss, CTO of All Things Data at Second Watch. And now, here are your hosts of CloudCrunch. Welcome back to a new season of CloudCrunch. In this season, we're going to focus on AWS reInvent, the biggest cloud conference in the world. Our intent is to enable you, the viewer, the opportunity to immerse yourself in how cloud has evolved since last year on topics like preparing and building a center of excellence, extracting data insights, managing a cloud-native environment, and data center evacuation. Joining me today is Fred Bliss, CTO of Data Insights, and Jason Moss, Executive Director of the Data Insights Practice here at Second Watch. Welcome to the Cloud Crunch, Fred and Jason. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. So the focus of this videocast is Snowflake within the AWS ecosystem, which if there ever wasn't a perfect example of frenemies, I don't know what is when we start to talk about Snowflake and AWS. So first question, just to kind of key this off, you know, for, for folks in the AWS environment and for those folks thinking about Snowflake, you know, what, what do you need to know about Snowflake on the AWS ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing to know is that AWS has a lot of native services that work really well with Snowflake. Snowflake is a enterprise data warehouse that um, you can land data, you can transform it, and um, really, really put it into a model that supports data and analytics. Um, that's easily done with AWS and, and native services, um, such as uh, Amazon Glue. I, th I think to, to add on to that, um, you know, it, Snowflake. When you think back to the, in their history, they for they first launched as an AWS only solution. So uh, it's, it's been a long time, but for those um, uh, who are just familiar with the current space, you know, you've, you've got a flavor on Azure, you've got a flavor on uh, Google Cloud. Um, back then when, when the Azure announcement came out that Snowflake was coming on Azure, it was a big deal. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was somewhere else you could go. Um, and AWS and Snowflake, uh, they played nicely together, right? And uh, for a time, Microsoft uh, and Snowflake did as well. That's changing a little bit now. And now with Google trying to capture more market share, um, you've got uh, that partnership as well. But as you alluded to, Michael, um, it is a little bit of competition, right? Because um, the interesting thing about Snowflake is it runs on top of all these platforms. So they need AWS to exist, right? But at the same time, because of the way it works and because the way you can replicate your data um, between clouds existing on Snowflake, that's got a um, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting take to be able to have your data living on Azure, AWS, and GCP all at the same time, right? So, like Jason said, there's a lot of services on AWS that 
coexist with it and interact with it, and it drives a ton of consumption for AWS. But at the same time, you've got that um, that coexistence where uh, moving your data, or at least having copies of your data in other clouds, is um, is a real thing. Now, the one thing that you know we hear a lot about, and and you've alluded to, Fred, is people coming in saying, "I want a specific tool. I you know I want Snowflake." And is that really the right question to be asking? Or is it really more about what is that business problem you're trying to solve? So can, can you expand a little bit upon that? Yeah, if if we are ever getting it, you know, if I'm if I'm having a discussion with um with a potential customer or an existing customer about um, about products, you know, should they use Snowflake? Should they use uh, BigQuery? Should they use something else? Um, we're having the wrong discussion, right? Because um, we don't know, we don't know necessarily what they need. But uh, you know, as we start to dive into understanding what is the business problem we're trying to solve for now, and what vision are we trying to build for as a whole, right? Um, that can feed back into the products because if you make a product decision based on what you know today, and um, you know, just based on what your past experience was, and maybe your maybe your use case is to migrate from an old system to a new system, um, you're missing out on the much bigger picture of what could, um, what were you not able to do in the past because of technology limitations that you can now do today because of current technology solutions. So, I think you have to go down that path because your technology decisions will drive. Uh, will drive everything because there is no perfect technology. There's no perfect product. It's all going to be a series of trade-offs. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, really, we we want to start looking at the big picture first. We we don't want to start with the technology. We never do. Um, you know, really, we're, we're focused on solving business problems. So, really, understanding what the client's trying to do. Um, what is what are they trying to use this platform for, um, and what what are they trying to solve as far as um, understanding some of their outliers and um, really key performance indicators at at that organization? Um, and you you should never start with the technology. Technology only helps to enable. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more to building a data and analytics platform than just the technology. You got to consider the people and process changes as well as really just identifying what's going to bring value to that organization. So really leading with the technology and picking a technology without understanding that first um, is, is kind of a no, no. So we, we try to avoid that. How often do you go into situations where they had picked a tool in the past and now that tool is dead or, you know, what they want to achieve won't work on that tool. I mean, is that something that happens? I mean, I'm an old COBOL yeah. programmer, so I know we don't, we don't program in COBOL anymore, but the same, does that same apply? But it still exists. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think, think about like just even organizations that decided to stay on premise and, and um, really try to build a data and analytics environment. What they're running into is the same problem that we've had over and over in the in the you know since I've been uh, doing building these type of platforms, which is about twenty three years, is that you know when you build on premise, you, you don't have that power to scale. I mean, you do have it, um, but it takes a long time to get there. Where Snowflake, uh, you know, being on Snowflake, you you can scale up anytime. 
Um, so I think it, you know, you're still seeing it. I, I'm seeing people replace SAP HANA and, and uh, really because they, they're, they're lacking in the ability to scale for their organization. So shifting yeah, gears, and, oh, and, oh, go ahead. And sorry, just to add on to that, I think, um, you know, early in my career, um, you know, I, I think we all learn through a lot of failures, right? And yep. um, as in this ecosystem, you, you see products coming in and out, right? And there's the latest flavor, whatever's hot. You know, you, you've got some, uh, some tech companies that just jump on and latch on to whatever the, the latest cool thing is. Um, as a company, we, you know, for example, we, we never did Hadoop. We never implemented it because we didn't see the value in it and it, uh, there, there was complexity in it. So um, I think you always have to be aware of um, what's the standing power of this technology? Is it going to be around as a company in two years? Is it going to get acquired? Because <laughs> um, the last thing you want to do is recommend to a customer, yeah, I think you should use this as a core part of your technology foundation. And then a year later, it's integrated into a platform that you just moved off of. <laughs> So we were talking about frenemies earlier. So Snowflake versus Redshift. I mean, wh wh which which one do you use? I mean, how do you know which one is the proper tool for what you're doing? Are there advantages of one over the other? I think it's more. Um, I mean, if you think about it from a technology standpoint, uh, there's a couple different flavors of Redshift, and I know AWS is working on new flavors of Redshift all the time. But the fact of the matter is Snowflake is a newer technology. It is a cloud native technology, whereas Redshift is uh, it, it's closer. There is a serverless variation, but it's essentially a, port, a fork of, um, of Postgres. Um, so it's still very much a traditional database. But that said, um, if you're an organization, especially a large enterprise, and you just want to get something going so that you can show to business users, uh, something that works, and I've got examples of clients doing this right now. Um, you don't necessarily have the time or the political capital to go sign an MSA with a third-party vendor. You just need to get something going fast to prove the value of why what you're doing is important. And for that case, uh, you know, Redshift is a great way to start into it. And uh, you know, we've got some clients that did it for exactly those reasons, and they never outgrew it. So there was no reason or will or um, I guess strong um, motivation to move off of Redshift. It worked for what they needed and it probably will work for what they need until it doesn't, right? But the good thing is it's all SQL based and we're building it all in services that live within AWS. Um, it's just data, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the bottom line, it's, it is a, a cloud enterprise data platform just like Snowflake and um, Red, Redshift and Snowflake and, and Synapse and BigQuery. Those are your enterprise data warehouses um, by vendor. And really they, they all will do the job. Um, again, it goes back to, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And, you know, if you understand that you can build really any solution um, with either of these platforms with Redshift or Snowflake. So next question for you, how do Snowflake and AWS best work together? I think they work best together in that, um, I mean, Snowflake wants to be a cloud within a cloud, right? So, um, so can you, you explain that? What, what, what do you mean by a cloud within a cloud? 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of their recent acquisitions, like Streamlit, for example, and some of their um, their new announcements with Unistore, which is essentially turning Snowflake into um, a transactional database meant more for applications. Um, the fact that you can now deploy applications, Python applications, uh, you know, you got Snowpark, which opens up APIs uh, to some of the low-level Snowflake um, capabilities. Think of it like you would AWS Lambdas, right? Um, you can deploy code to Snowflake that isn't just SQL anymore. And so if you want to build your applications within Snowflake, uh, which is sitting on AWS, <laughs> you can absolutely do that, right? And now you can make that portable between the two. At the same time, um, by doing this, you're uh, you're embedding yourself even further into the Snowflake ecosystem. Um, so you kind of got to pick where you want to be, right? Uh, you could deploy these applications in AWS, which then communicate with Snowflake as a backend database, or you can start to put everything into Snowflake. Um, and at that point, it's really more about Snowflake being the driver and the cloud within a cloud and less about AWS. But at the same time, they have to coexist because you still need things like, uh, you know, identity and networking and all that stuff that goes into a cloud uh, infrastructure project. And I think to a degree, you kind of got to get into the last question I have, which is, you know, what are some of those benefits of using Snowflake on AWS? So I think you've kind of got into that, but what are some of the other options that are out there? Uh, if we're just talking AWS, I mean, there's there's a lot out there, right? And there's there's some emerging players out there. Whether they're uh, going to have the um, the lasting power, I don't know yet. But ClickHouse is a is a popular open source one. They just actually released a cloud SaaS version. Um, they've been around for a while. I think they they spun out of Yandex, if I remember, which was um, basically the Russian search engine. Uh, there's there's also on AWS, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You can use Athena, which is essentially Presto under the hood. Um, and then there's all the RDS databases. So at the end of the day, it's really just about what's your use case of what are you trying to solve for? Um, well, how big is your vision? And what are you trying to do? And again, it's a lot of trade-offs. Which one is going to help you best is going to depend on what your individual, um, your individual use case and long-term vision is. Well, excellent. Well, I want to thank you, Fred and Jason, for joining us today to discuss, you know, Snowflake within the AWS ecosystems. Um, Jason, any final words of advice for attendees of reInvent? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think kind of the whole message of this is, you know, don't start with the technology. You know, think about the overall data strategy for your organization. Um, you know, start with a data strategy, right? You. You wouldn't build a house without a, a architecture diagram, without a plan. Um, it's, it's the same for building a data and analytics platform to support your organization. Start with that data strategy. Understand from the business what's what's a priority for them. What's what's what are those key performance indicators that they're looking to measure? And if if you do that, that that's usually a successful uh, implementation that can happen because you had that plan. So start with plan. Don't don't start with the technology. Excellent. Well, I want to thank our audience for listening to the show. This video cast is intended to add value to any large enterprise that is planning on moving to or is currently focused on leveraging the value of the cloud. 
Send your comments or suggestions to cloudcrunch at secondwatch.com. Thank you. You've been listening to Cloud Crunch with Michael Elliott and Fred Bliss. For more information, check out the blog, secondwatch.com forward slash cloud dash blog. Or reach out to Second Watch on Twitter and LinkedIn. 